Have you ever met one of those people who just can't be stopped? It's like they're unstoppable. Yeah, I have. Me too. What's their mystique? Nothing stops these people. Welcome to Mission Unstoppable with Coach Frankie Picasso. You're about to meet some of the most amazing people. They've accomplished their goals despite insurmountable odds. They beat adversity, physical hardship, and traumatic events, and emerged triumphantly. They're people just like you and me, and they're winners. Are you unstoppable? Here's Frankie to show you how. Well, hello there, and welcome to Mission Unstoppable, another one. (laughs) I am so excited for you to meet my guest today. The beautiful lady sitting across from me, Kim Stanwood Terranova. She is a woman on a mission, and who better to guide us? She is filled with a passionate power to assist individuals with experiencing true inner greatness and unlimited authentic joy. And who doesn't want more of that? She's been dubbed the chiropractor of the mind and the master teacher of intentional living. Kim holds a license as a practitioner of truth from the Agape International Spiritual Center in Los Angeles, and she's also earned a bachelor's degree in spiritual studies. For over three decades, she has immersed herself in the application and practice of universal spiritual truth and wisdom. I'm going to give you her website. It's um, HTTPS, KimStanwoodTerranova.com. And I could probably go on for another 30 minutes (laughs) just telling you everything that she does. But you know what? We're going to dive into her new book, The Technology of Intention, Activating the Power of the Universe Within You. Wow. <laughs> so it's really interesting how you took the idea of technology because all of us love our, love our technology, um, yes. the outer technology. And, and, and so we have an inner technology too. And this Absolutely. inner technology, explain it to us, please. I'm so happy to be here, Frankie. Thank you for Thank having you. me. Um, This inner technology is something I believe we all came in with. It's in our DNA is that we have an ability within us to tap into unlimited wisdom. And when we know that our spiritual technology, which is what I call it, that exists within is just as just as so important to be activated right now in the world to keep us balanced Mm -hmm. because we're so um, used to are grabbing our technology, whether whatever screen it is to gain information, understanding, study, communication. Sometimes, often we forget that there's an inner technology of inner guidance that's vitally important. And if we don't activate it, then we're going to remain an out of balance society. So it is a, a main intention of mine to assist people to really tap into the guidance within. And that's, that could be different for everyone, how they right. get there, but we all have it. We all have the wisdom within our souls that we came in with that gets to be activated, especially at times in life like this. Okay. So is there another, other words for it that people might like intuition? Is it manifestation? Is it, like I tap in, I turn it on. How do I turn it on? Like, how do I turn it on? Do I reach out and, and pray? Like, what do I do? What do I do? I love that. I turn the switch on is great. <laughs> so, I feel like every one of us has access to whatever we name that universal presence. So mm-hmm. I honor all paths to that, whether it's God, spirit, universal power, higher power, it's all energy. Right. It's been proven scientifically. It's all energy. So when we remember that we're connected to it, it moves through us. 
So that turning of the light switch on for me is us keeping that channel of availability to listening to whatever we name it, spirit, universe, to listening more accurately. So really the switch is an availability to go within. So some people that access point is meditation, prayer, intention work, journaling, the practices of our life, which I will name our spiritual practice, or if people don't feel comfortable with that, then it's the practices of Mm self-care. Those practices bring us to a place to keep our channel open to the universal wisdom, God's spirit universe, whatever we name it, to move through us, but that we listen to it so accurately that we are guided. And that is what I know we all came in with is that ability to know that we're all connected to the whole and to each other. And it's when we feel disconnected and separate that we start to feel that there's a mine or you and we're separate beings when we're really not. Right, right. So our place of connection is so important. Do you think that there's um, an, a, an age or a stage when we're closer to hearing? Mm. I think that when the first few years we enter into our body temple mm-hmm. and the last few years before we exit, we're more, we're just more sensitive to it. You know, that there's that sensitivity to our beingness, our soul, because we're remembering. I've, I feel that our entrances and exits into this body are vitally important. And those who are with us when we are in those two transitions are giving us the best gift ever because they're present with us when we're, when we're remembering this, this sensitivity that is so rich. Now it doesn't mean we have to forget it in the years in between. It's our charge to stay awake to it at all times. People say, why do you talk about staying awake so much? It's because when we, we could go numb in this, in society and the world feeling like we have to do as somebody else says we have to do versus, oh, I want to, I want to remember that. I want to remember that forever, that sensitivity to source. Right. All times. Yeah. The, like, like I find sometimes we hear it or we feel it and maybe people do it differently, a feeling, a hearing, uh, a knowing, um, but the message is difficult and we don't want to hear it or do it. Do you find, you know, like it might say, well, it's time to move on. It's time to do this. And you go, I don't want to do that. Don't, no, 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 no. Monkey see, monkey. <laughs> no, yes. I don't want to hear it. I mean, how many of us know that there's certain elements that would be wise for us to apply in our lives, but it's just easier not to do it. It's, it's interesting. Expansion of our souls is not something that could be said as easy. You know, I, I reference that, that our growing edge, our transformation to the caterpillar in the yes. book. And What's important to remember about that is it's not comfortable for a caterpillar to become a butterfly. It's very uncomfortable. There's, we go through major transformation. Yeah. My belief is it's worth it. It's worth the transformation because life is so tender and so rich. So however long we hold off the, oh, I don't want to do it, is just, it's still going to come. It's still going to come to us one way or another. It's, am I going to surrender to my evolutionary growth now or another time? I can tell you from personal experience that the universe will always get what it wants. And mm-hmm. it, it took me out. Um, I had a really bad accident. I was in the hospital for six mm-hmm. months. Everything that I thought was me was gone. And I'm only saying this, referencing this because you went, th- I went through an evolution and it was a spiritual evolution. And 
you know, I, I knew that the universe was saying something to me. I just, I don't hear you speak more clearly. I don't get it. What do you want me to do? And boom, you're out. And I know so many people it's happened to that, you know what, it's going to, it's going to get you if it wants you to do something. Like, mm. it'll make we you all have our wake up calls. A we all moment. have our wake up calls in a different we way. We all have them. And it's what we do with the wake up call that matters. So you, you know, it's interesting that you talk about um, what gift is within me that mm. seeks to emerge in the situation. It's a really interesting line because it's, it's, it kind of references that hardship that, you know, what my life is so difficult right now, Kim, you know, maybe it's your client. My life is so difficult right now. Um, everything is going bad. You know, I have a bad relationship. I'm not getting ahead at work. Uh, I wanted that raise. I didn't get it. So, you know, I, I, I'm manifesting. I'm writing down every day. I'm doing all the stuff you told me to do, read, read, and whatever. How come it's not happening for me? Do you get that a lot? Uh, every day, a hundred times a day. A lot, not a lot. <laughs> because when people start working with me, they start to change that language. <laughs> have I heard it? You bet. Yeah. And um, my teacher, Michael Beckwith, you know, will say, and I love when he says this, he'll say that, you know, I'm not going to fight for your limitations. I hear you. Right. I hear you. And at the same time, when I'm just hesitating, sorry for I'm laughing, I'm like, okay, does he say that? Or was it my interpretation of how he says that? I think he said that. <laughs> you know, if we hold on to our limitations, mm -hmm. we stay in them. So it, there's this fine line of really having compassion to listen to someone that there are challenges and hardships that occur. So we can't, we can't smooth right over them to, oh, we'll just do this and it'll be a fix all. That's not, it's not the case. It's a, it's an honoring where we're at with understanding that, okay, I can see all this occurring, but if I keep holding my attention on what I don't want, I'm going to yes. get more of it. More of it. So even I could acknowledge that, okay, this has been going on up until now. Let me take a deep breath. What is the practice that's going to remind me that there's more to occur in this situation than I have seen yet? Because every situation comes to us for us to grow, every single one. Right. And when we can ask a bigger question. So back to like the, you know, what is mine here is that when we could not ignore that it's, there's challenges and then, but don't stay stuck in them. So we can be in the awareness of, I feel this and I'm simultaneously going to my practice, which is, okay, what is mine to know now spirit? What, what am I to grow in? And this is the times in life, in my life that you know, Reverend Michael would say to me, Kimberly, what is your growing edge? Because you have to grow to get to that side. You can't, this person you are right now cannot be the same on the right. other side. And that was life-changing for me. It's true. Too. Those are huge life questions. I love life questions. I know. <laughs> and you know, as you're a coach and I'm a coach and coaches ask lots of questions and it's the questions that bubble up the answers for you. Yes. And you have to keep asking the question. If you don't yes. have an answer, keep asking the question. Yes. Empowering right. questions. You know, questions that and that really keep us open instead of any limiting. I'll I'll ask clients if you say, "Why did this happen to me?" You say it long enough, you'll keep hearing the reason why you're stuck instead yeah. of what is possible now, which is part of the reason I love the name of your show. You know, what is possible that I am I am unstoppable, and what is it that is before me right now that will assist me? And then we have to listen. You know, we really have to cultivate. Who, what is that? I didn't have the answer when he immediately asked me, what's your growing edge? I had to keep brewing on that. What sure. is mine to grow in right now? And the more I kept asking it and got quiet, it would pop to like, 
oh my gosh, Kim, you have to grow in this quality. You have to be flexible. You get to be fluid. You have to have strength like you never saw possible before to get through this. So when we then can know what that is, then we back up our practice to support that growing edge. So you talk about um, intention not and not having expectations. Yes. That's, a, that's kind of a, it's a tough call for people mm -hmm. to understand that a little bit. Can you, yes. let's, let's chat about that for a minute. Um, sure. There's something that you want. You want to live a happy, fabulous, joyful life. Yay. Yes. <laughs> that's my intention. And that's you say you have perfect. to stay conscious mm -hmm. in the now, mm -hmm. in the moment. Uh, there's three pillars. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about those for a second. Uh, so the one is, is to be conscious in, in the now, right? Um, present moment. Present moment. Um, they have to be positive. Yes. And they have to be based on spiritual qualities. Everything you just said, happy, joyful, um, positive life is what you said, right? Yep. Those are all the qualities. That was a great intention. There wasn't one bit of expectation in that intention. I'm not going to wait for that. <laughs> <laughs> It When's it coming? Becoming. When's it coming? <laughs> There's our practice. So can yeah. I backtrack to that? Please. Yeah. I said that on purpose. So let's go there. Yes. No, that was good. Um, expectation that I'm referring to here. And it's really, I'm so glad you asked this because it's so important for all of us to understand. It's not that all expectations are bad because they are not. Mm -hmm. The ones that could get us tripped up are the expectations that are based on anything must occur outside of us to bring us fulfillment. If Got that it. person does a certain thing, I'll be good. If the job gives me a raise, then I'll be happy. The second we put it out there to something must occur for me to be fulfilled, mm -hmm. that expectation tips us into the possibility, probability of disappointment. Because we're not, act, that is not ours to do. That is, we're putting it off to the, something has to happen out there. We're just out of power the second we do that. So those are the expectations I'm referring to. And then when we know the way to stay out of expectation, out of disappointment, is to live a life of bold intention. Intention being those three pillars you just stated in the positive present based on qualities. And then we let go to spirit is that can allow spirit to bring it back to us a hundredfold in perfect timing. Do we get to cultivate patience? Absolutely. <laughs> but we're out of expectation at least because expectation is going to block the flow right. because we're constantly looking, well, that should be mine. But what happens then is that we look at other people's lives and says, that's just not right. How come I don't have that? Because we're in expectation. Right. If we get back to what is mine, my intention is to call forth the pathway to joy, fulfilled joyful, happy life and all the, all the details of that to come rushing forward to me. If our attention is on that, we will begin to absolutely be experiencing that. The universe answers the questions. It responds. Yeah. You talk about in the book um, that you can't just write it down once. Like you can't just go, okay, I did it. <laughs> you right. have to go back and do it over and over and look at it and meditate on it and write it and whatever, journal it or be grateful for it, whatever it is. Well, you, until you feel it, till you really know you're accepting it. If it's just living in your head, it's going to remain in your head. It gets to drop into whew, what is my intention now? And, and some intentions, Frankie, we know can be fulfilled just like that. If they're clear, like my intention is to connect with you today and have a wonderful day, right? That could be fulfilled because we're in the midst of that right now. 
Now, the intentions that can be bigger, say it's my intention is to build a new home or my intention is to call forth success in my business, then those intentions are still working in the realm of time and space, even though we're out of time and space, we get still working in that realm. So we must hold it, not interrupt spirit's delivery. So it's really, it's an end because we live in a world of reaction. When we walk outside, say we set the intention that morning over our cup of coffee. My intention is to be communicative and clear with everyone at work today. And then we get out the door and somebody cuts us off in the road and we get upset and forget our intention. And then we're still holding that on as we open the office door and we forgot what we said at home. Right then, I would say to somebody, just pause, take a deep breath as you walk into the building, just stand there for five seconds. What's my intention? Oh yeah, to connect and share myself with everyone in my work environment today and then move forward. We get little gentle, it's a, it's a loving reminder to remind ourselves, what is my intention? What did I say? Where was I aiming for today? Oh yeah. And then we're back in alignment again. That's an right. act of self-care. Yeah. You know, my husband always says I live in a, in a world of uh, pixie dust and <laughs> because I, like I, pixie I, dust. I just expect people to be good and kind and whatever, because I'm going to offer that up first. And, and it always, to me, I mean, I rarely encounter pe- people that are different, you know, who are rude to me or, or mm-hmm. I don't expect it. It's just mm-hmm. not in my expectation, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm just going to go in and be me and, and you're going to be you and it's going to be great. Yes. And you, and you manifest that repeatedly. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Because that's what your attention is on. So what is drawn to you energetically is what you've already accepted. That those I meet are going to be filled with this kind of energy and how great this can be. So it's drawn to you. And it's been proven over and over. So I guess it's, it's just there. It's a fact. It's faith or whatever, whatever it is. Um, Kim Stanwood turned over as my guest. The Technology of Intention, Activating the Power of the Universe Within You is her book. It is fantastic. If you want to live a conscious life, if you want to live an intentional life, this is the book for you. Um, you know, there's a lot. Pe- people got many, many years ago, I guess, with the secret and the this. And people just thought, oh, I can just manifest whatever. Oh, it didn't work. <laughs> I thought I could have a million dollars and it didn't work. Mm-hmm. Uh, they think it's all crap or, or whatever, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about being a spiritual being, being a conscious being, being, um, you know, setting the intention for your life and mm-hmm. listening for those answers, listening to spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can come to you as just a knowing. It could come to you as a voice that you hear. It could come to you in many, many different ways. Mm-hmm. Yes. How do you hear spirit? Oh, after all these years, I hear spirit everywhere at all times. And I get to chuckle when there's times I'm speaking to a very large crowd and I will hear it right then. And I've had people say, I noticed you stopped for a second and took a breath. And I went, because I was catching something and then it came up. And it wasn't like that when I first began because I had chatter that was, you know, that was interrupting uh, my belief system. But a practice builds. The more we practice, the more we still sit and in whatever. So when I say that, I want to be really clear. We all have our own practices. Some of my clients go to the ocean and get on their surfboard. That's a beautiful practice. Mm-hmm. Some of them go running in the mountains. I go running in the mountains. It's one of my practices. It's whatever connects us to be centered in our body in this full world, like where's our connecting grounding force to keep us centered, balanced, and in listening is a practice. So when we live 
our practice. So if someone, it's meditation. And in that meditation, every time we sit, we're opening the channel to listen to source or spirit. Then it starts to become more tangible when spirit, you know, when our listening is, is um, just activated more fully. Because then we can move in the world, not be knocked down by it. You could be walking in a full grocery store. It'll be great when we have full grocery stores again. <laughs> or yeah, when you get them again. Yeah. Yes. Anywhere in the world and hear a sweet whispering that could just be a simple voice saying, go left right now. Mm-hmm. It's are we listening? Yeah. Are we listening? So to, uh, I'm thinking I'm giving you a long answer, but I listen. No, I'm a you listen, listener. you hear it. And it comes all the time in my dreams. When I'm, when so, a stranger could say something, I'd be like, whoo, I just caught that. that. I was supposed to catch that. Or anytime when I'm driving down the road, I could catch an insight. It's like, where can we keep our attention on spiritual truth available to catch insights as they come? Because I really know that every insight, and an insight is just this piece of information, something plops in that we're like, takes our breath away for a minute, could be a great idea, it could be an insight of healing, whatever it is that's new to us that we catch. When we use our insights propelled by action, it brings us freedom in life. So if we catch an insight, wow, I'm uh, this conversation with this individual in my family was so healing or, or something. So I'm just giving an example. If our action was, I'm going to go home and call that person and thank them and tell them how meaningful that was to me. That is a pathway to freedom because it's not contained energy. It's honoring the insight that came through who, what action can I put to it? So that's part of when you said earlier, like some people can say it just doesn't work. Are we listening? Because I'm not believing the universe response. Yes. Are we staying in a consistent practice long enough to allow the insight to land and then propel it forward in action for freedom? Because it's always working. It's And we can see evidence of that of places that we got what we didn't want. And then if we really looked at it, I was giving that my attention. Of course it landed. Is there anything that we can't ask for? As long as we're honoring all. If it's to, to cause harm to someone, isn't something we ask for. No, we wouldn't ask for So, but if it's, if we can live in acceptance that anything is possible, follow those pillars that it's based in qualities. So if somebody said, like you said, someone earlier, I want a million dollars. Well, if it was my intention, I would say, what does that feel like? What will you feel like when you have that? Well, free and financially free and and ease filled in life and peace, knowing all my needs are met. So the intentions for that. Right. My intentions to call forth, call forth the financial abundance that knowing that I feel in peace and ease in my life, all my bills are paid. I'm financially free. That is the intention. If someone says to me, but I really want the million dollars, I'll say, then if you say that, you must leave it open or something better that yeah. I haven't seen. Yeah. You know, because what if somebody came in and said, I'll pay all your bills and, and I'll take care of all this for you. But you're like, no, I only want the million dollars. It's like, we must know spirit has unlimited ways to bring us our heart's desire. I mean, it's amazing the connections that have to be made sometimes in order for that to happen. It just, it astounds me. And it's just so brilliant and, and really cool, I think. And they're beyond what our human eye can yeah. see. That's the beauty. If we let go of it, it has to be a certain way. We could be specific of our, in our desires, 
but we must let go of how it gets there in the when it appears. You have you have something in the book about that. There was there was a story in the book about you weren't specific <laughs> enough when you were when you were modeling and you were going to go. I was so specific in that one, Frankie. It was such a lesson. Can I share that? Please, yeah, tell that it story. Was, it was like a, a, a the perfect example of um, really being clear in intention. So when I first began. Uh, learning and growing in my spiritual practices. I was in San Francisco, lived in San Francisco, was an actress and a model and wanted to move to LA. Now in the business, it's better to move to LA as an actress if you have your union card, your SAG screen actors card. So I thought, oh, I'm going to practice all this work right now. So I wrote a bold intention. My intention, best way to get a SAG card was book a national commercial. So I said, my intention is to book a national commercial to get my SAG card and move to Los Angeles. Now I was, I had limitation in there, but it was new. I didn't know, but I still was working the, was working the, what I knew to, to practice. So within three months, I booked a national Toyota commercial, packed my bags, thought this is great. I'm going to be able to find a place to live because I'll get all these residuals off this commercial. Yep. Have my union card, get in the truck, have a dog had the that's when I had my Doberman and a horse in a trailer and trekking down to California. And when I got here, got a call from my agent and she said, I'm so sorry to tell you this. And I said, what? And she said, you hit the editing floor. You didn't make the final cut of that commercial. And I was devastated. Thinking, yeah. Oh my gosh. I thought this was my ticket to it. And it did not come instantly. It took months for me to really see, wow, wait a minute. I got exactly what I wanted, what I stated, right, is I had stated national commercial, got that, got me in my SAG card, got that, moved to LA. I never said in a commercial or, or, or that it airs perfectly or that it brings me financial freedom and abundance. I didn't name any of that. I expect that's where my expectation was. I expected national commercial. Of course, I'm going to have lots of financial abundance to live down. Yeah. I got tripped up in my expectations and caught in the languaging that if now, if I rewrote that, it would be my intention is to call forth the perfect pathway to establish myself in the union, move to Los Angeles or someplace better and fulfill my career to the highest potential. That's what it would be now. But at the same time, if that had not occurred, I would not have caught the insight of the importance of being really clear in our intentions, which has been life-changing for myself and everyone I've worked with. So I'm grateful for that experience. So I want to go back to earlier when you said, when we're um, like, what are we to cultivate or learn about? That was a, that was a perfect opportunity that that was my growing edge. Yeah. You know, is that there's a pearl in there that I, it hurt. It was sad. It doesn't mean that when we, you know, cultivate our pearls in our consciousness that they're easy. Again, doesn't mean it's easy. Was it worth it? It was worth it. And it was going to occur either way. So how am I going to let it land? As a At least you got to keep the card. <laughs> I did. And I moved to LA, which then took me to meet Michael Beckwith. And then it just so everything opened up perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So we talk about divine timing. And I mean, it seems to be divine timing that your book came out in the middle of a pandemic. Um, yeah. I mean, look around the world we all are experiencing something yes. that most of us don't want to right it's pretty horrific and yeah. um 
as, as a group, can we do a common intention? Can we, can we do that? Absolutely. That would be beyond powerful because then we're just amplifying the energetic. Yes, absolutely. And we have at agape and we will, I would, I would love for us to do that around the world that if we have an intention that all needs are met, that everyone is healthy, holds strong, and that absolutely we're moving through this and it has no power over us and we're back into the fullness of our lives again with ease and grace and that we recover with buoyancy and strength. If all of us are in agreement that, then we're putting, or some version of that. Yeah, that was really good, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad it's recorded because I never know what it is. It is recorded, yes. yes. <laughs> is it, then what happens is when fear would try to rise up in any of us, like, oh, no, how are we going to make it through this? We have a place to breathe and exhale and know, okay, wait, what's my intention? What's our intention? To stand in strength and move through this time with more wisdom and grace and faith than ever before or something of the sort, but our intentions guide our actions. So they, they allow fear, surrender fear just to the nothingness once it came because we're back on track of, wait, I'm remembering this. And, and to the point of the book coming out right now, I find it so interesting. Clearly that wasn't known when the, when it was no. decided when this book was, and, and the, really interesting another depth of the interesting piece to me is that this my book was released a year after I had one of the hardest times in my life when you know I moved went through um, losing my home and my office and everything due to the California fires and one night everything was gone and the intention of that book was set years before that fire came so when I was saying it to some a group of people. So I find it so interesting that that's the power of intention. Spirit didn't stop and go, oh, she's having a hard time right now. The book can't come out. It was like that intention was already in motion. So even though I still had to finish it and finish the editing and it wouldn't have made sense that how could that happen when you don't even know where you're going to live yeah. or have any clothes or how are you going to rebuild? Was But the intention was already in full throttle motion so that everything just opened up for somehow it still got done and still was birthed at the time that it was supposed to be, which is right now. Right. So interesting. Yeah. Really interesting. It's really interesting. There's some times that I'm like, it's so, and we can look at that in so many areas of our lives or where something shows up that we didn't anticipate. That's really miraculous for that moment. And I don't want us to miss it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you have a favorite chapter in that book? Oh wow. Do I have a Okay, so I'm just listening to spirit cuz um I really <laughs> I'm going to Okay, uh, two things came up. One is I love the forward. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Which is so funny to say because um I don't think that Reverend Michael did an amazing generous wonderful job in the forward. And my favorite chapter today is the acknowledgement gratitude and celebration chapter towards the end it's so important it's so i love important. that i love that one too and i love how you know your book sits on your bathroom counter <laughs> to remind yes. you yeah that's yes. really that's really great you know right after i received the book that day like probably within 10 minutes um i also received a notice that michael beckwith was having um uh, a workshop online that night 
It was oh, like, that's what? fabulous. <laughs> that is so funny. Spirit works like that all the yeah. time for me. You know, it's just like, yes. oh, let's round that out. Let's, you know, see where it all comes from. Yes. And now he, um, I'm honored to say he, he's chosen my book to be the book of the month at Agape. So the entire nice. month of May, it's being read at every service, which is quite an honor and a joy. You guys have a very special relationship. That's really nice. Uh, you worked too. hard. You worked hard to get where you are. I mean, you know, whether spirit helped or whatever, the thing is, you know, you did the work. You have to put in the work. It doesn't just magically yeah. appear, right? The work of, of either just you know, continuously doing what yes. you have to do. Yes. I mean, I've, I've, I'm willing to practice. Yeah. But I know that I've, I've lived through knowing that in the joys as well as the hardships that seem unbearable, if I'm staying true to my practice and I'm still getting up and still setting my intentions, saying my prayers, being in alignment with my actions, following what my intentions are and really keeping true to my practice that I could move through the challenges in life and they transform. If I surrender to woe is me, I'm stuck there and I'm, I'm not willing to do that as you can tell. By yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I just want to go back to that fire for a moment because being in Canada, I'm in Canada, as you know, and, and we all watched that, that fire rage. And, um, I, I remember just sitting down and bawling one night just because all the animals in the forest, like all those animals that were displaced or killed or whatever. And it, yes. it's like, it was so horrifying for me to even feel that. And it's a lot. You know people's homes, but it's it also you know, people's and lives. When people's, right? Yes. When people say, what did you get out of the house? I said, my dogs and my yeah. two. Yeah. yeah. It was like that. It was, we made sure we had. Um, I almost wanted to slap you because you stayed so long. I'm like, why is she staying there? <laughs> <laughs> go, go. Why do you, why do you have to wait till the last minute? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's interesting. In the big picture, Frankie, yeah. I actually didn't. My neighbors stayed much longer than I even did. Really? Oh my gosh. Because what happened here was it it snuck up on us in the direction because the winds mm. were so outrageous. All night long, it was the the distance from where I am to when the fire started in a car would take me 45 minutes to get there. It's oh, wow. Away. Oh, wow. That's pretty far. So that's why when yeah. initially it was like, oh, you, you, you should get out by that evening. So it was really just that evening. It was still so far away. And it, it, but the winds turned and it just came roaring through these, I mean, these mountains are deep and beautiful and wide and they're very, they're gorgeous. And when it came moving through, it just, it was a firestorm. And I did get out before I heard my neighbors were running out and I was, you know, it was 4.30 in the morning when I pulled out and had just, you know, was able to get the dogs in the car, computer, and one bag of clothes with a pair of jeans and tennis shoes. <laughs> and that was it. Wow. Yes. Wow. Yes. You know, you, you ask in the book, how can this help us in difficult times? And that was certainly a difficult time. Mm-hmm. Um, how do, I mean, you've done it for a long time. So I imagine that, you know, you're able to kind of tamp down the fear a little bit because you're going to go right into spirit. This is my intention. But people who aren't as practiced, mm-hmm. how can they, like, in the book, you talk about, you know, your son had a motorcycle accident and, you know, twice and, and all of yeah. these things happen in, in a very short period of time, your marriage, blah, blah, blah. Like, how does, um, could somebody, you know, who's, who's reading this for the first time and say, yes. well, that's a lot of faith. You're asking me to take a lot of faith, mm-hmm. you know, um, 
just like they do everywhere else in church or whatever. So that's a lot of faith. Um, how do I know it's really going to work for me? And it's not going to be, I mean, like, you can't just say that my intention is that everybody's fine and everybody's fine. It doesn't work that way. Correct. That's exactly right. So let me, let me step into each one of those yeah. points because they're so important. Um, faith is something we cultivate. And I sure don't know that I had what I have now when I first began. So back to, again, the practice helped me have build faith over time that I kept studying. And so I was more interested in, in the vision of what's possible in our lives than staying stuck in the pain. So there first has to be a, an inner decision of I'm going to move in the direction of growing, mm-hmm. even if it's hard. You know, so, so, cause that builds faith when we start to show ourselves that, wait a minute, I'm still going to get up and do or participate in actions that keep me centered, right? Over time that we get stronger and stronger, but we have to be gentle with ourselves when we do that. So faith came to me through time when there was really difficult moments. Interestingly enough, so that was like nine years ago when there was just a batch of huge challenges, I asked myself like, Oh, what is, what's my intention now? And a good solid year, my intention each and every day was to live in unstoppable faith because there made no sense how I could have gotten through what I got through. So I just kept thinking that's my intention every day to live in unstoppable faith. I didn't totally know what that would mean, but I knew I would keep aiming in that direction. So it isn't that we just throw out an intention and just say, everything's going to be fine. Because then, then we're just, there's almost, if we're not participating in that, there's a level of expectation in it. So I understand when people say, Kim, this is hard. How am I going to start to do this? So the first one is we, like I said before, we listen and have compassion. This is our start point. Mm -hmm. So what can we have faith in right now? Can we have faith that our heart is still beating? Can we have faith that we're still breathing? Can we have faith that we could walk outside and, and sit for a minute and even meditate for five minutes? Can we have faith that we can still move forward today and catch something? So we build slowly, you know, and then you go back to the end chapter, which I was, and, and then we acknowledge ourselves, stand in gratitude, stand in celebration for the small things. You know, that, and then that starts to build a foundation that can support bigger intentions coming through. So it isn't, this isn't a miracle cure of like, oh, I'm going to do this and it's all going to be fixed. It's not about being fixed. It's about waking up and staying alert and living in a, in a, a conscious life. It's all about staying conscious. The second we go into unconsciousness, spirit's still going to bring us what we're unconsciously creating. So which do we choose? To stay conscious, maybe challenging at times. It's also quite magnificent all the times or stay unconscious and pretend we don't know because this will only last so long. We're, right. we're pretending we don't know. In, in coaching, you know, I talk about underlying automatic commitments. The, the intention is, is like a commitment. It's like a vow mm-hmm. um, to yourself. And so when people say, well, I'm not getting that, then you have to say, well, what is showing up in your life is what you're asking for. So what is that underlying automatic commitment inside of you, what are you committed to other than this outcome that's showing up? And I guess you will find it eventually uh, if you work that thread back inside Mm -hmm. to to find that. Um, And that takes self-love, right? It takes love of not judging ourselves. Lots of times people go, oh, Kim, I messed up. I go, wait, wait, wait. I'm not going to slip into judgment because then it's harder to catch the insight. 
Right. It's like this. So it's really then being kind to ourselves to finding that underlying, you know, commitment to know, wait a minute, let me do that gently and love myself to go, Oh, I see my attention was on that. I really wanted that because I wasn't really believing I could have that. So then that's the healing is going to, to that. Then we get to heal that. You, you were faced, you know, with something that people are asked at at seminars, you know, your house is on fire. What are you going to take? You had two Mm. books, two really important (laughs) books. (laughs) Yes. Oh, so those books were, why are they so important to you? I have to back up to that moment, may I? Because that was a a life-changing moment. It was very interesting. And I was, that was one of those moments that earlier when you said, when is, when are you catching what spirit's saying? Um, We had, everything was in the car. The car was running and my daughter was leaving with her boyfriend. And I said, something's telling me to go back in the house. And she said, mom, we got to go now. Please know the fire. I couldn't even see it. It wasn't like it was at the door. Um, And I said, something's telling me, I just have to check. I have to do something. So I walked into the house and I just kept feeling like I needed to bless the house and the rooms and stand in such gratitude for all the love in this home. And as I went through the rooms and blessed, there could have been one thing I think I grabbed from one room. Then I went to my office last. I had a massive library. I mean, my entire adult life, I've been studying great thought leaders and teaching. And so massive library. And I remember standing in there looking at all of it. Now, I did not think my house was going down. And I heard spirit something say, what could you not live without? And I thought for a minute, I don't, I think I'm going to have all of this. What do you mean? But I looked up in the bookcase and my two favorite books. Now I have, one was the first spiritual book I ever um, learned from, which is called this thing called you by Ernest Holmes, which is a treasure of a book. And it's tattered and worn full of love. And the one right next to it is spiritual liberation, which is um, by Reverend Michael Beckwith. And I'm the facilitator of that book. So I teach his book, that teaching all over the place. And that one again is dog-eared and tattered. And I reached up to grab them thinking I couldn't live without these. And as I pulled them down, the most amazing blessing happened is the row above that was all my journals, the journals I've written to my children, the, my journals and my own inner exploration and transformation. So I had a bag on the floor. I scooped up all those journals, threw them in the bag and walked out the door. So I don't have the pictures of my children when they grew up. I don't have their treasures oh. of the things they made when they were little or their videos, but I have my love letters to them, you know, and that was a beautiful moment. Even in the, the sadness, it was, wow, I have these and the, you know, these two books. And then the hysterical part was when I did find out that everything was gone and Reverend Michael called and he was saying, you know, you're going to move through this. And he was talking to me and all of a sudden I said, guess what happened? And I grabbed this book. He burst into laughter. It's like, I'm so happy you grabbed my book. <laughs> and I said, Rev, can you, we can laugh about this tomorrow. This is too soon. I'm still, I'm still, he goes, I know. I'm, he goes, I completely understand. And, and I am grateful I grabbed those two books because they are, um, they're pearls of wisdom to me. At any point I can open them up and, and read any page and be lifted. So 
they definitely helped me in the weeks that followed. And I, and I want to address, I didn't just pop up the next, you know, the, that moment when you said a moment, like people are like, wow, how am I going to get through this? You bet. I honored the days I was on my knees crying and I had to be because if I thought, oh no, I'll be just fine. It was confusing and hard and scary. And at the same time of knowing who it feels like this, but I'm not naming it is this. Right. There's a fine difference. It could be like, oh yeah, I'm feeling scared today. Where are we going to live and what's going to, and then, then it would be like, okay, take a breath. And then I pulled out of my tool bag. Let me just say a prayer. I could be sobbing and still say a prayer for divine guidance answers to accept that there it's coming to me now. I'm knowing this right now and I could still be crying and I could still say amen and take a breath and go, okay, now where do my feet go now? What's next? Did you come from a home of faith? Did you grow up in a home of faith? That's an interesting question. A good question. I was not raised in any religion. No, my, um, not my mom and dad said, we're not going to church. We don't, but you could do whatever you wish. And that really gave me this place to explore. So I went with friends and sat in different churches and nothing ever completely a connection landed. I wanted that connection, but it wasn't by a religion. It was the connection of source. Like I could feel something. And then I was having mystical experiences as a child that I knew something was occurring. I didn't think it had to be in this exact building but let me figure out what that is. So that spark um, got ignited, you know, when yeah. I was in college of like, there's more, there's more, and I'm, I'm going to find it. Where's it at? That's interesting. Yeah. And, I, and so now my parents love it, which is good. Sorry to interrupt you. Now they're like, no, that's okay, awesome. More about that. <laughs> that's awesome. And your kids? My kids were raised in, in this um, philosophy, this teaching. They were raised through knowing, you know, knowing everyone at Agape. So oh, they have heard their whole life. Um, you know, the last thing my children ever heard before they got out of the car to go into school was what's your intention? What's your intention? Yeah. Because my intention was to just spark within them that they have choice to choose what their day was going to be, not be victim to what their day was going to be. And 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 it was beautiful to watch them now as young adults really choose what their intention is because it came, it was always discussed. It was always, you know, if there was something happening, if we passed an accident, we all went into prayer, said an intention, blessed yeah. people. If they, so they had the tools at all times. They knew when I was running into the hospital, when somebody was hurt, that they knew that uh, mom's coming and there's going to be spiritual um, practices come with that. Right. They just right. come with that, you know? That's incredible. My kids used to say, is the universe going to fix that for you? <laughs> <laughs> Did you say yes? <laughs> it just might. Let's see. Uh, it's pretty funny. How they tease me, but it's, it's all good. It's all good. And they're probably lifted by it as well, right? I, I think so. You know, they're always, you can't help but live with people. I mean, my kids are grown now, but you can't really help but live in, with people and absorb something. Yeah. you know at some point in your life and if it sparks an interest that's great yes you know yes. I, I, you can't shove it down anybody's throat um Agreed. so what is what what's next <laughs> i mean this is this is oh, big gosh. and this is gonna be big for a while but what's next so much um i'm listening i'm always listening for what's next i definitely feel that there's 
there's more books to come. Um, I definitely feel like there's more expansion in so many ways and it's my intention to be of service. So wherever I can be of service with the technology of intention, lifting yes. individuals that I'm there, I would, I'm looking at it already going into That's different awesome. languages for it to really get all over the world. I'd like it to be in a, um, will be aiming it to be in a workbook so that it could be condensed version as well. And for a version for children, because I love working with children and when they are, when I watch small children setting intentions, writing gratitudes, you know, really meditating or practicing empowering language skills, when you see children start to go, oh, wait, there's, I could use that and this can occur. It's profound. So um, part of my intention is to assist children to really know we're global citizens and we're moving through this life experience together because children being raised with that consciousness yes. are less likely to harm one another as adults because they know we're connected. Yes. I love that. I yeah. love that. So there's lots more. Spirit's going to keep guiding me for you to keep listening. and I love it. that passion and the energy to keep helping people. That's, that's amazing, Kim, really. Um, I'm going to say goodbye to Facebook. Sorry, I, I actually didn't pay attention to you guys on Facebook. I'm so absorbed in what Kim was saying. I didn't want to, I wouldn't want to go there. But um, know that whatever's there, I'll, I'll answer it. And, and uh, you, you, know, you can come back and refer to this anytime, anytime that you want. But thank you so much. And I'm just going to say goodbye to Facebook, and we're going to get off of Facebook right now. And then, okay, goodbye, everyone on Facebook. Goodbye, everybody on Facebook. <laughs> let me see. Yeah, there we go. And let me just stop.